Hello everyone, welcome to Parks and Rec episode number 21. It's me, Chris. Uh, normally I'm joined by my girlfriend Yanni, but tonight we're doing something a little bit different because last week one of my best friends Paul and I had a chance to record an episode of the Bagging Boardcast and after that we sat around for a little bit talking about an experience he got to take part in up in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Because he got to go to the Immersive Disney Animation exhibit uh, sponsored by Lighthouse Immersive. And I want to get some information about it from him because this is something that I haven't had a chance to check out or even research on my own. Uh, so what you're going to hear is about half an hour of us talking about that. I did have some audio issues up at the beginning of it, so I just cut that out and re-recording the intro now. So Paul's not going to have a chance to introduce himself, but joining me is my best friend from over at Bag and Board, Paul, and he's going to get right into it. So... Thanks for checking this out, whether it's your first time or it's your next time. We appreciate you listening. Uh, stay tuned at the end for all the regular podcast stuff. You you know what to do, but it'll be back there anyway. So uh, without further ado, here's Paul. Uh, yeah, this was the Disney Animation Immersive Experience, and this is part of the Disney 100-year anniversary, or, yeah, Disney Studios 100-year anniversary, uh, presented in... What in a collaboration with uh, Lighthouse Productions, I believe they are also the team that brought you like the Van Gogh experience. Um, you've probably seen commercials for it online, and if you haven't, this is an experience where you walk into a massive room and have uh, Disney animation clips, songs, experiences uh, thrown up uh, on all the walls and on the floors and the floors are interactive um like during the part where pocahontas is singing color of the wind there's a bunch of leaves that suddenly blow in and fill up the floor and if you're walking the you know leaves kind of part and move away from you as you're walking hmm. so there's that kind of immersive experience um yeah uh, this is happening uh throughout the united states and all well all of north america because i went up to toronto to do it and that's the home quote unquote home it's the where they premiered this experience uh from what i can tell uh each city location might have different photo ops uh available okay. before you go in um and i can actually you know start from the top instead of that's basically the the commercial for it uh the actual experience for it is a little different like you go into this um you know, the exhibit hall that's going to be in this rented hall. And, you know, they have a, you know, small bar there, you know, with, you know. Ooh, is it themed cocktails? No. Not oh, cocktails. see, I really feel like that's a missed opportunity right there. I'm pretty sure. We, that's... we do like to drink. Yes, we do. Uh, and that's kind of what I want to bring it up. I think it's, it's not themed because I think whatever venue is hosting the experience is basically running the quote unquote concessions. Mm. I'm not 100% sure that how that works. But if I wanted to order something like a Bell's Hazy Hearted IPA, I couldn't get that. It wouldn't be there. Chris, if you wanted to order whatever you might be drinking right now, I don't think it would be there. Oh no. What, what, what are you they? drinking? Uh, if you listen to Bag and Board, not episode 256, you would know that I picked up a bunch of beers from uh, Barry Ontario's Flying Monkeys 
uh, craft brewery. Uh, Barry is located 90 kilometers north of where Paula was in Toronto uh, for this exhibit. Uh, but I'm drinking their chocolate manifesto, and this is a triple chocolate milk stout, 10% ABV, and they say this is a sweet declaration of flying monkeys brewing proclaimed uh, through chocolate and beer. And right off the bat, like this is just big chocolate flavor and chocolate malt. Like it's like that dense, rich, like heavy chocolate. Like it hides that 10% well because the whole time you're drinking, you're just thinking like I'm eating just loads and loads and loads of milk chocolate. It just tastes like you're eating like candy bars. Hmm. It's fantastic. It just, it tastes like chocolate. It sounds good. That sounds good, but also bad because you like the dessert beers a little bit more than I, I do. you know what? I really, I do. Um, I need my this, beers to melt. I, if you told me this was like one of the Southern tier, like Blackwater series, like mm-hmm. chocolate dessert beers, I would probably believe it because it's like that level of depth and richness in that chocolate. Mm-hmm. And what you're drinking is like the complete opposite of that. Uh, yeah, I'm drinking the Bell's Hazy Hearted IPA. This is their hazy take on their Two Hearted. I did get their variety pack and I talked about it on the Bagna broadcast uh, before while ago i got this six pack because i thought i liked this one uh i think but i think it's just decent um i kind of was going to share it with people that i disc golf with but um then i'm like you know what i I don't need to bring beer for other people in disc golf we all bring our own and then we all have way too much so um yeah talking about going to parks i go to parks that throw plastic around um (laughs) Most of the time. And not credit card plastic, like a lot of people do. Hey, jokes. Zing. Theme Zing. park jokes. Because yep. it's so expensive. Now, uh, but Bell's Hazy Hearted. I think it's okay. I think Too Hearted is better. The standard is better. I think this is an interesting take. It feels like uh, Yanni would say softer mm. of a flavor. It just feels a little like the edge has been taken off of uh, Too Hearted. Uh, and I'm missing that edge. Um, uh, have you had the Bell's Quite Bright? No. Uh, it's an it's a wheat ale that's available now, and it has that kind of like softness to it. Uh, Yanni and I actually had it when we went to Epcot last week. It was available in the uh, America Pavilion at the Regal Eagle Smokehouse okay. because we were we were walking around and we were just like, oh, let's stop and get a beer here, and we were looking at the menu and they had Oberon on mm-hmm. the tap list and like Yanni saw and she's like, Oh, Oberon, like I want one of those. I was like, I'm going to get one too. Like, hooray. And when we actually got up and we ordered it, the guy was like, Oh, we're actually out of the Oberon right now. It's the quite bright, which is a different weed ale. And we we're like, okay, well that's fine. We're here. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. It was delicious. Like highly recommend if you can find it, definitely grab it. Um, because it is a nice wheat, but softer, like bright floral beer. Uh, talking about walking around in the parks and uh, wanting to grab a beer, I did have a question. Yes. Uh, because I'm starting to plan a trip down to visit uh, the parks and also my best friend, Chris. Me? Uh, yeah. Uh, Docking Bay 7. Yes. 
I can grab beer there? Yes, in Docking Bay 7, in addition to being, it's a counter service sit-down restaurant where the food actually is very good. Um, I've eaten there twice, but I highly recommend it. Um, Inside there, they have the Gold Squadron Lager, and then I'm blanking on, actually, that might be the only one they have. Yes, they have the Gold Squadron Lager because then outside at Ronto Roasters, that's where they have the the Gamora or no, the Trandoshan Ale. Hmm, uh, okay. So yes, they do have a specialty beer in there that you can sometimes get at one of the beverage carts outside. Other than that, it's also available inside um, Oga's Cantina as part of the flight. Nice. Because I was like thinking, I'm like, do I want to? I'm I'm so far out. I'm not even near my 60-day window, as you know. I, I'm sure every listener of uh, Parks and Rec would understand. Uh, so it's not like I need to like worry about locking down an Oga's Cantina reservation yet. And I'm but like, there's that I? fear. There's what that if fear. I can't get in? What if I? But then again, I'm like, do I need to? Do I want to spend the time in Oga's, or do I? Would I rather use that time to explore? You know the rest of Batu, and also because the last time we were there, I was like, "Oh, it's two o'clock. Let's go to Epcot. Let's get, you know, let's move on." So we didn't spend any other time in Hollywood Studios at all. Like we did Batu, and then we were basically out. Um, and I'm like, "Is Oga's worth it?" I'm not saying you know whether or not it's worth the hassle of like booking it. Because once you, but I don't like having to be locked in at a certain time. Um, might be easier since I would be there all day because I'm not going to do park hopper. Like getting an after, you know, a later reservation and then hopping back over would be fine. But like if I rope drop, honestly, I'm going to rope drop rise of resistance. Rise of resistance. Yeah. And then after I get off a of rise of resistance, I want to, I want to mingle. I want to schmooze. I want to hang out. I want to grab a beer. I want to grab uh, a Ronto wrap. So I think at that point, yes, Oga's is worth it because you don't need to spend a long time there. Like you can go in, get a drink, and the the cast members there are 100% ready to smoo- uh, schmooze, as you said. Yeah. Like they're in it. They're they're in theme. They're in character. Mm-hmm. Like you can have a great interaction, even if it's just like when you're ordering your drink mm-hmm. and they're then coming back to check on you later, see if you need anything else. Um, I think Oga's is worth being in there. I don't mm-hmm. think it's worth the headache of trying to get in. Mm-hmm. Like if you're able to secure a reservation, awesome. If you can do the walk up and they say like, hey, come back at this time cool but if you're gonna be stressed out about it it might let you down right but being in there is a lot of fun like it's really cool like cast members all in character all having fun with it other patrons also all just excited that they got a chance to go in there and it's a very small capacity like like seating area or Mm -hmm. like they don't have a lot of people in there so you could be sat at a high top table with another group of people that you don't know. And it's mm-hmm. kind of one of those, like you could be put off by that or 
you can like have fun and lean into it a little bit. And like everybody's going to be getting different weird themed drinks. Like talk to people. Like everybody's there to have fun. Like don't push people, but like you can test your limits with like your first interactions. Yeah. Like a lot of people are there to have like just a good time and you can do that. Um, I think Oga's is fantastic. I've had a great time every time I've been in there. So I definitely think Paul, when, when you go, you, you can find me at the bar there. Okay. Talking about an immersive experience. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Get back to it because I thought what you went to was actually part of the 100th anniversary thing. I thought it was like a traveling exhibition. So that's what I thought you had done. And then we were like, yeah. no, it's an immersive thing like the Van Gogh thing. I was like, okay, mm -hmm. well, that's something that I kind of have a frame of reference for now. Because mm -hmm. I was about to be like, oh, my gosh, like, what did you get to see? Yeah, and I don't he... know if they have anything there like that. The exhibit that you're thinking of is the one that's happening in uh, Philadelphia at the Franklin uh, Franklin Museum of uh, Natural of Art and or Natural Sciences I, I, with the Franklin Museum in Philadelphia, and that's going to be all year, and um, you can pay you have to pay extra to go see that exhibit, but I heard that's really great. Like I have not been there yet. I toyed with the idea. <laughs> And toyed with the idea, me and I toyed with Kate, being like, oh, yeah, we'll go to Toronto that day. And then the next day, we'll drive all the way down to Philly. It's a lot of then, driving and do Then days. wake up, you know, we get a hotel room, wake up the next day, do that, and then drive back home. You know, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be great. And Kate's like, that's a lot of hotels. That's a lot of driving. We can't do that. And I'm like, all right, makes sense. And I'm like, you know what? It's a two-hour drive up to Toronto. It seems like a lot of fun. You know, it's it's big and it's like an hour experience because it's a show. You're going to see a show. It's not I haven't been to the Van Gogh one, but they're playing clips. Um, but first, when you walk in, they have this little setup. You already have some photo opportunities before the show starts a half hour uh, before you're showing. Uh, they they suggest you get there so you can get some photo ops. They had it on an Elsa, like full 3D figurines there, you know, not, you know, face characters. Um, unfortunately, since it's a projection show, it's really hard to get good photos because it's so dark and the light and is Everything's up. 2D, too. Yeah. It's either 2D on the wall or even in the pre-show area. Everything's like everything there is lit specifically, and you're not lit. So if you try to, you know, let yourself with a flash, then you're screwing up what your what your background is, and every the backgrounds are lit. So, um, had a little trouble with that. They also have some interactive like elements set up where you can play with, um, you know, flip around things that are showing you um, the, the the sketch work of the animation cell, and then you can flip it over to the full, you know, animation from the movie. They also have like a little, they have uh, some drawing desk set up, and they have like a little like how to draw a mini, how to draw a goofy, how to draw, you know, the Fab Five, basically. 
And, uh, you know, I did that. I thought it was fun because I'm like, yeah, I'll sit here. They got a pencil set up, a sketch pad set up. So you can just take your time and, like, draw a mini. I'm like, perfect. Uh, and I'm really glad that I took the time to do that during the pre-show because it reminded me of how hard it is just to draw something. <laughs> how did how difficult all is it to just draw a circle? And then I'm walking in to be immersed on all these screens of things that were not just drawn once, but hundreds of times to get that animation to be so smooth and perfect and drawn exactly the correct way over and over and over again. Like, so it like put me in the right mind to be appreciative and like really like inspired by the work that I was about to see. Um, I think the coolest thing was how many like rooms or stages, whatever you want to refer to them, did they actually have? And like, do you remember all the, the movies or cartoons? uh, You you only go really into the, you have the pre-show area and then you walk into the main show area. Um, Oh, does, so does the main show like change? Yeah, like yeah, the projections. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was like each room was going to be something different. That's how I was kind of thinking it was going to be, too. Um, you walk through, and what was really cool is they had a mock-up of, you remember the Disney vault? With the Disney vault door and Mickey, Mickey Mouse's yeah. face was on it. They had a, That's what you walked through. Oh, that's, that's like actually a really, kind of fun. I was like, wow, that's that's actually awesome. And as you walk in, the projections are going, and it's before the show and it looks like you're in like a vault where they have Aladdin's slap like set up like on the wall there's a projection of Aladdin like on a pedestal Aladdin's lap and you know Cinderella's uh, glass slipper you know all throughout the room like all these different artifacts and like these huge Indiana Jones style like um vault um aisleways uh racks of just disney animation you know stuff and all the stuff is there and a static image it's like a screensaver well not a screensaver because that would be moving but a static static image of that all on the wall but you can walk around and try to take your picture with that stuff but you know it doesn't really come up because you know just the, the nature of the beast but it's cool to see oh the and, beast you know, was there you say yeah even the beast um, and then, you know, there's a countdown for when the show will start. And I've heard that, uh, your experience can change. Like the, the, the clips that they play, they can all be different. Kate said that, Hey, when this starts, it's going to be zooming through the castle, right? Like you got to show the castle. And that's it, how all the it, movies what, start. Yeah. That's what she thought. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Because, you know, we had a two-hour drive up to, like, talk about what's going to happen. You know, we, we might have stopped at Ikea and bought a new chair for this desk. But, you know, and anyways, but we were talking about what could happen and what we would like to see. But I actually opened our showing, started with um, the the Circle of Life song from yeah. Lion King. Lion King's probably Kate's favorite of the, you know, see, Renaissance uh... era. I feel like that would be a really strong way to start. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of choking up thinking about it. So I, yeah. I'm sure people that are probably Imagine having it. like yeah. emotional experiences with that. Be dark, and then the 
the projections all around you. Basically, the projections all around you is like the two long walls are showing the same thing and the two short walls are showing the same thing. And then the floor is doing something and the ceiling doesn't do anything because you got to have the projectors. Projectors got to live somewhere. Yeah. Uh, But a dark room and then all of a sudden the sun starts rising, you know, and it, it is cool because it is more than what you saw in the movie because it's like the extended like an extended uh, screen, you know, it's like plussed. Um, that was great. Kate started tearing up. Um, I don't know if Kate wants me to mention that because she, there's this uh, commercial out and she even mentioned like how she felt like a little self-conscious about tearing up during that because she would, there's that commercial for uh, the Disney 100th anniversary, like going to, oh, go to the Disney parks Oh, when I walked in, I started tearing up because of all the magic. And Kate's like, that dumb <laughs> girl, woman, like tearing up because of all the magic. And then she's there, like tearing up because of, you know, line cake. So she's like, all right, maybe it's because of all the magic. <laughs> that's, the, that's part of it, though. Like, as a yeah. Disney adult, like, I, I get it. Um, The show is about maybe an you know, like 45 minutes long and it's just, you know, your, your, your greatest hits. They get some good villain stuff in there. Uh, I heard the clips can change. But, Anything uh, to start my boy? I'm, I'm wearing his shirt right I, now. Nope. No, no, no guest had, on. No get, I didn't see guest on. I don't remember anything really from Beauty and the Beast. Honestly. Um, maybe it was there and it just didn't hit me. Um, they did. Under the like not under the sea, but the um, poor unfortunate souls. Okay. Bubbles started filling the room. They had uh, some bubble machines. So uh, as were... someone that spends a lot of time is in the park, if you're ever in a show or yeah. anywhere where there's bubbles, people will lose their minds though. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Did I say it on the show? Oh yeah, yeah, with the commercial thing. Like every scene basically has a different floor interactive set. Yeah. So, you know, something's going on in the floor. Um, there was a song from uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. Not not the uh, villain one, though. Was it not out the there? Song. Yeah, yeah, out okay. there. And they didn't do like mashups. I was thinking that maybe they would do some classic mashups. Like, uh, you know, the I think the most inspiring one is the uh, Moana song and Hercules song mm-hmm. together. Um, How far I go and um, go the distance distance like those two songs. Just, yeah. Perfect. Mm, they're, they're gears in the machine. They're perfect together. Um, no, it was all pretty much straightforward. Um, my favorite part was the tangled, of course. Oh yeah. Uh, it was the lanterns, you know, the lanterns, everything floor, ceiling the the everything is lanterns at a, a it becomes a certain point at a certain point and that was awesome like i felt like okay this feels like i'm in the boat with eugene fitzherbert and punzi and there's just lanterns all around like you can see them but the lanterns are floating everywhere um the frozen two song um into the unknown into the unknown or no show yourself Okay. 
I think it's the I, one I, that they played. Hot take, well, I think Into the Unknown's a better song than Show Yourself, mm-hmm. but, you know, Disney felt different. Was was sung, uh, and at that point, they actually had smoke-filled bubbles. Oh. Yeah, like dry ice filled. Okay, like, that's kind of cool. They, they, like, filled the room. Well, not filled the room, but, you know, they were coming out, and they were smoke-filled, so when they popped, there was a little bit of, you know, cloud that was in it, and that was really cool. I'm like, I've never seen that. Didn't know that was the thing. Didn't know that was possible. Awesome. And it was done by a machine. It wasn't like somebody... It wasn't like a worker was there mixing it, mixing it, mixing it up. You know, it was all set to just happen, which was cool. Um, yeah, and it's it's it is a show. It is, you know, what it is. It's not like like I thought it was going to be. Like I would walk from room to room, and like yeah. different things would happen. It was like, nope, here's a scene. Oh, now here's a scene. Now here's the scene. So you. Are left so to make how did they end it? Um, well, it's like the like the grand finale. Oh man, I don't even remember the grand. It's been over a month because I did go uh, on May second, and it's now June seventh. Um, I don't really remember the grand finale, but you know, it's ended on a big. Musical number. You know? He thinks. <laughs> so once, once like the loops over, like, do they shuffle you out into like a gift it, shop, it, or is like you you can still stay there? there you can you still stay there, and then that static image of the Disney Vault comes back up. They do have a small room inside that room, at least where I was, where they have like, you know, the mirror room inside of um. The Albright Knox, and I'm sure there's other places that have, like, the mirror room, mm-hmm. you know, where it's a room just filled with mirrors. They have one small room that has projectors everywhere. Floor, you know, I'm guessing it's a mirror setup. Floor, ceiling, all the rooms around it. But it's, like, static, like, screen, you know, big, like, geometric shapes. Uh, and then, like, a character's, like, you know, face inside of, like, a... a a circle or a triangle and like you can take selfies in there because it's lit so well like you could actually take a selfie in there mm-hmm. with that character in the background but kate and i walked in and we're like eh. yeah not not for us not for us because it like goofy was there and we're like goofy's fine just it's not like but it was only going to be the fab five and it was like who was it you know what clip was playing at that time and then when the show ended, like everybody lined up to do, go do that, and we're like, we're fine. We're like, we yeah. we walked in during the show, and we're like, it's fine. Um, yeah, we walked or did a walk through, and that was basically it. Like, um, yeah, I'm surprised that the finale didn't really stick with me. No, that's okay. Um, any hot takes? Like, is there anything that they popped up in there that you were like, oh, you? You're going with Home on the Range? Was there something that you were like, oh, I'm surprised that this is part of the immersive experience? I was surprised that, uh, you know, a Hunchback of Notre Dame came out, like, got in there. And uh, I'm happy Tangled was there. I was happy that, uh, you know, I'm happy that some villains, you know, got some play in it. Like, the songs aren't, 
the songs aren't like intermixed or remixed, but they during some of the clips they're playing different parts of different movies. Like even during the Lion King, like they they're playing like emotional beats from other stories within mm. that. Um but so outside of the like the static figures that you said were kind of mm-hmm. like the waiting or loading area, did they have anything to kind of tie into the Disney hundred, like any like artifacts or relics that you were like, Not oh, really. they, they have this because there's a lot of that kind of stuff in the hundredth mm-hmm. museum experience, which is what I thought you had done. Mm-hmm. Um but shame they on had this, like a mock-up of a, they had a mock-up of like the drawing desk that Walt would have used okay. like in like you know around him and that's in the like pre-show area like everything like any physical objects in the pre-show area everything like once you get into the quote-unquote vault is all projection it's okay. there's nothing physical there um and the Anna and Elsa statue, like from Frozen 2, or was there. But I think that every city will have a different, like, physical object in the pre-show area. Uh, I'm surprised we didn't see more, you know, super classic stuff. But then again, I'm kind of happy to not see all that super old stuff because I don't have emotional attachment to it. Like... The aristocrats were probably in the scene, but I don't remember listening to one of their songs. But even if I did hear one of their songs, maybe I wouldn't just, you know, a month later, I might not have recognition of it because it might have been like, oh, let's walk around and play with the stuff that's happening on the floor, you know. Showing uh, in 15 different cities. So Atlanta. Boston, Columbus, Dallas, Denver, Detroit, Houston, Las Vegas, London, Ontario, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. Minneapolis, Nashville, San Antonio, and Toronto, where, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more than a dozen places to see it. I'm surprised there's not one in Orlando where Disneyland is. I mean, you have, or Disney World is, you have Los Angeles outside of Disneyland, but like the closest one to me is in Atlanta, which seems needlessly far away. But sure. then there's right. two on Ontario, Canada, because mm-hmm. London and Toronto aren't like super far apart. Um, no. Do you think, as someone that traveled to go there, and I know you were there as like a special guest because Paul has cloud everybody. You might not know this about him because he's very unassuming, but Paul got to go to this for free. Yeah. Um, I- do you think it's worth the drive to go see this kind of experience? It it cannot like it shouldn't be your only thing that you want to do in that city that day. Because like I said, it's probably like a 90 plan on like a 90 minute experience total from gate open to you going in and seeing the show. I I think it's inter- I think it was a lot of fun. I think it was a really cool experience to be completely surrounded by everything, but have more planned, like at least have a nice dinner or a nice lunch planned. If you're bringing a lot of kids, like maybe that's the only thing you could really handle for the day. 
and I could see kids like really playing around with the floor and everything like that. And they're playing mostly modern, they, you know, the stuff we're familiar with and probably kids, if you're raising your kids right, uh, the stuff they're familiar with. Um, so that I think they could have a blast. And I saw some kids have a blast. I did go to a later show, seven their last show of the night, which is a seven o'clock show, uh, because I didn't want to be tripping over kids because I have none. Um, and also, I wanted to have a day in Toronto um, before going home. So, so that's that's my next question. So, as an adult who went with your wife, what did you do in Toronto to kind of like fill that space or make that trip worth it? Like, what else did well, you guys do besides spent, going to IKEA? Spent a lot of time in IKEA. We went up to Snakes and Lattes. Um, unfortunately, by the time the traffic was so bad, like apparently there was a like accident or no, no, in inside the city of Toronto itself, like the places that yeah, I yeah, wanted to Young go. Young Street or Dundas or yeah, Queen Street, pretty much all of them. Dundas, we spent a lot Kings. of time in Toronto over the years, so like Front I feel Street. like I don't remember that city, but if you put me in Toronto right now, I'd probably be okay. Yeah. Uh, this is off of the the. The showing is off of Front Street. Um, so I basically parked it near the Hockey Hall of Fame and then walked a couple blocks down. Oh, so you're like um, right in between the CN Tower and uh, Say What there. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but I, everything I wanted, you know, wanted to experience in Toronto was a little bit more. Lockhart is closed permanently. The mm. Harry Potter theme bar yeah. in Toronto, closed, gone. Um. Didn't stop by Curioso, which is like the Harry Potter themed gift shop <laughs> in Toronto. Uh, didn't have time because we spent so much time at IKEA, then driving into the city traffic, and then what I thought would be like a 10 minute drive from Snakes and Lattes, a board game um, cafe slash bar, um, turned into a 30 minute drive. So Google's like telling me, no, you got to leave to get down there like yep we got there and we had like 40 minutes instead of like the two hours that i was kind of hoping for in toronto but you know say levy hey i got i got a game chair <laughs> you know hey. and I, so we you know it was worth it um because you know we had other things planned for the day i think it's a nice anchor a nice you know when i think of trips i'm like okay What's the hold point? You know, I'm thinking about kind of like rock climbing. Like, what's the hold point here? What's the hold point here? Like, to get, you know, to make the trip worthwhile. It, it might not be, I want to fill it in with a bunch of other stuff, but like, what's the, you know, hold point? Well, like, where are you reaching for? What are you actually, what are the th major things that you want to do, accomplish? So. I don't know if other people think of it like that. Maybe there's a better, you know, uh, analogy. I, I feel like that's fair because if you're not in a city where this is showing, like, it's going to be a little bit of drive and you probably mm -hmm. want to have something else to do there because yeah. this isn't going to be a full day yeah. experience. If, so you might as well, like, see or do something else while you're, while you're there. Yeah, if you're driving that far out of the way, and you're getting a hotel for the night, like, don't plan on, I wouldn't make it be the, like, hey, I'm going to Columbus, Ohio, or 
I'm going to Las Vegas just to see this, and I'm flying back the next day. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Like, go see the rest of Vegas. <laughs> like, yeah, even for me, like, okay, closest one's Atlanta. What else am I going to yeah. do in Atlanta? Because as big as a Disney fan I am, like, I I don't know if I can justify a trip just for, no. for that. And then, like, because I'm not going to drive back. Florida's a long state, and you don't realize how long it is until you start driving through it. So, like, that would be, like, a whole day trip for me. Like, driving up there, staying over, doing something the next day, and then, like, driving back that night. Yeah. It's definitely a piece for a vacation. It's not the reason for a vacation. Mm. Well said. And, Paul... Thank you for uh, sitting and chatting with me tonight. I know this wasn't planned, so I appreciate it because we actually haven't, as friends, like I haven't had a chance to talk to you about this before this very moment. So I, I appreciate everything that you had to say and all the information that you gave because there's probably a lot of people that don't even know this exists or if they do know it exists, don't know what it entails. So thank you. You're welcome. I feel bad that I didn't go to the one in uh, Philadelphia to do a compare and contrast. Well, maybe next time, and then I'll have you back on the show. <laughs> nope, I got Taylor Swift concert to, to go to next. Hey. Well, thanks for checking us out. Or if you're already listening to us, thanks for coming back. Uh, you can email us over at bangedboardcast at gmail.com. That's right. I don't make an email for this show. It's fine. It all goes to the same place. But follow us on any of your social media platforms of choice. We're Parks and Rec. Uh, Paul will probably be back on again in the very near future because, like he said, he's planning on coming back down to Orlando. Yeah, but and that means like seven that means trip planning. Now. Oh, but Paul, seven months away, you already got to be locked in for everything. <laughs> I'll send you my Google Doc link. 